right, welcome back. Episode 51 of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm your host, Tommy, a.k.a. TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, how are you doing? It it uh, utterly pains me that you're attributing that Sapphire Chrome Update Tops Mini edition of Jimmy Butler to me when he is scorching my New York Knicks. This is not a sports analysis podcast, and I'm very anti-tribalism and consumerism, but that hits me in my wee little heart just a little bit too strong. But I'm doing fine. I'm cardsing. I'm buying old dead guys. I am loving cardboard and my co-host, Tommy Vaughn, on The Greatest Podcast in the World. The Greatest Podcast. I introduced you that way, Max, because you have recently moved locations and are now recording down a little bit farther south, correct? That is true. I mean, this this podcast is all about the content because we're content machines. And I am in South Beach, Miami. I am in enemy territory and... Help my sister move out because I love my sister and I love my family and I'm a family man. <laughs> and you know, hopefully you can you know pass on our cards one day to our families. But um, Max, I have not done much with cards this week. I am going to the Lettix card show on Saturday. I'm excited to be able to go there without having any sort of responsibilities to a business and just have fun. Um, so I will finally, I haven't been to a card show in a minute, so I'm excited to go. I'm going with my friend. It'll be fun. Uh, what have you been up to, to Max? So it's been about eight days since we recorded our last episode, nine days. Something of that, I think. Last time we talked, did we talk about Rally Road yet? Uh, no, we actually have not. No, we haven't. Good, because I don't want to just double talk about cool things that have happened, because that was a cool thing that we happened, that happened to me. Um, yeah, so content manager. So I guess we'll announce our next guest formally. Um, content manager. I want, I hope I got the title right. Uh, content guy at, at Rally Road, Will Stern, will be our next guest on the big episode 52. Um, Rally Road is a asset fractionalization company in New York. And I had some pretty hot takes with asset fractionalization when we discussed this. I want to say episode 11. Somewhere in the episode, yeah, way, way back, we did a fractionalization OG heads moment. And it's cool that we actually, you know, Will's become a friend of mine. He let me stop by the Rally Road office and I got to hold a $1.5 to $2 million card in my hand, which is very cool. It was the Nuns Honus Wagner from T206. It has the designation shellacked and authentic, which is very cool to me. And, I had fun time, and Will is going to, Will is a collectibles everything guy, but he obviously does a, a lot of dabbling in cards. And I look forward to a really good conversation about cards and collectibles in general and the tangents and the connections, what's similar, what makes everything different. I've been on my uh, really strong Googling of watches lately as an asset class that I've been completely absent to. And I like drawing the connections. Interesting, interesting. Um, I have not been to the Rally Road office like you have with your nice little sound of a notification there. The, wow, uh, is this a subtle hint to be on Do Not Disturb? Tommy, just to, just some, just to uh, soliloquy to all of our fans and listeners, I updated to the new iOS, and now when I'm on Do Not Disturb, it still pings. So I don't know how to fix that. They don't want us to win, Max. They don't want us to win. 
But I do want fractalization to win in the long run. I think that mm -hmm. having greater access to these high-end cards to the, the layman is a good thing. Um, Will made an impassioned argument to me, not impassioned really, but you know, he made his argument to me to download the app, which I did not end up doing because I'm not interested in fractionalization as a card collector. So, or I mean, personally and intellectually speaking, I find it quite interesting, but um, yeah, I'm interested in what Will on. I think he, the hardcore he card said? podcast. And we will hardcore entertain any, any intellectual idea that has to do with cardboard or cardboard derivatives, even if they exactly. don't even partly interest us. And everything is a cardboard derivative, I would argue. Um, but no, Will will be fun to have on. He has a lot of inside takes on, you know, what's going on in the industry on the high end scale and also like the democratization of high end. Um, so I think we're gonna have some fun stuff to talk with him about. Um, make sure to check out his content beforehand. Um, and if you have any questions, if anyone out there who listens to this podcast has anything that they'd like to ask him, feel free to reach out to us. Um, I believe our email is youngoldheadspodcast at gmail. Yeah, youngoldheadspodcast at gmail is our email if you want to reach out to us with questions, but you can also hit us up on the DMs. Um, we're obviously very active on there. But uh, yeah, Max, I'm excited for that. This is, I feel like episode 51 here, you know, we've done 50 of them, 51, actually 52 now, technically, if you inc include the bonus episode that we did way back that I lost in my files and then refound the and put out for episode. us. People will sleep on that episode. Um, but I'm feeling like kind of like we're in a new phase. You know, I'm about to move to a new apartment next week. You're in Miami now. Like, this is like young old head season three, season four, kind of to launch off here, I feel like. And I, I think the official season kickoff is going to happen once we have our elusive mystery sponsor, whenever that comes to finalization. I think that will be the official dawn of YOHS2 or S3 or S4 however you want to phrase it. But uh, what's on my mind is that uh, I'm in Miami now. I am going to Dallas Card Show is next week. And I am pumped to have cardboard ingested into my veins 24-7. Tommy, I know you were talking about not going to any card show recently. Really, I, I'm a very simple man. And that whenever I have the opportunity, again, whether this be a small one-day show or whether it be a five-day monolith, piano concerto, pictures at an exhibition type of ordeal, if I am thinking and engaging in cardboard 24-7, that's just like a vacation from life. And if I get to do money while doing it, that's even better. That's okay. If I get to be with friends while doing it, that's even better. And every, everyone in the hobby is a friend to me because I have the warmest, biggest heart and I love talking to everyone. And the fact yes. that we can all communicate online and then meet in person and it's not weird is pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, if you see Max at the Dallas Card Show, make sure, sure, make sure to say hi. We've done some recaps from Dallas in the past, Max, but you know, you always have kind of a new thing that you're going into the show with. You, sometimes you're going in there with a lot of cash. Sometimes you're going in there with a lot of cards that you're hoping to turn into cash that you then will turn back into cards. Um, the type of card you go in there into is always different. Sometimes they're high-end high end, uh, football quarterbacks. Sometimes you got some Bowman. Sometimes you got some vintage. What do you got What do you got going into this show? What's, what's the strategy? What do you yeah. have? 
I mean, little little fun fact that I don't think not a lot of people know. Um, I have a podcast, and my co-host that I started my podcast with, I didn't even meet him in real life until like 20 episodes in. What do you think is like really crazy? Like I didn't even meet my podcast co-host in real yeah. life, which is like pretty pretty wacky and pretty crazy. I don't know who that podcast co-host is, but he's he's doing a pretty good job at it. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I have only been. So I, I'm trying to think of the best way to frame this. I have been to, let's just say, three different travel shows. I've been to Dallas in January. I went to the Burbank Car Show in February of, of 2023. I went to the Chicago uh, Spectacular in March 2023. And then I guess we also can count Chantilly because that's like a national level show. I went to Chantilly, Virginia show in What about the national? March. Oh, there's the national, but if we're talking about like, dude, the national is just like a vibe palace, man. No, the national, <laughs> the national there for the friends. The money is cool. Having a big budget of cardboard that is self-made is cool. And if we're talking about what my mantra is for entering this iteration of the Dallas Card Show, which is only my second time going, I'm right now at a stage where I have a lot of cards. I have enough money to spend. Most of my, I have enough cards in my bag that were, are modern. And right now, this is really my this is my three month anniversary or something like that of being into vintage. <laughs> I've only been doing this for three months, which is uh, feels kind of crazy and feels kind of fun. But I right now have a lot of cards that I am winning at auction houses and then sending to PWCC Vault to try and get high appeal designations and then. Furthermore, trying to flip online, which I'm hearing some I'm hearing some rumors about PWCC Max. I hear I'm hearing rumors rumors about rumors on PWCC, but the funny thing is that you know, but their vault they have no fee on the ingestion, but the withdrawal fee is three percent if you withdraw within ninety days, and one percent if you withdraw within after ninety days. So within ninety days, three percent; after ninety days, one one percent. And I don't really want to withdraw before the card has sold if it's in that vault, even though I know selling in person is a little bit easier and necessarily eat that 2% on the sale just because the margins add up very quickly. So right now I'm at a stage where I am kind of backlogged in vintage a little bit and don't really want to withdraw early and then also be into cash. But with that in mind, this Dallas, we'll be looking at quarterbacks. We'll be looking at vintage, I think looks really good. Um, and I will be into find interesting baseball because in this sort of climate, we've had baseball heat up through March. It reached opening day. We are cratering in free fall, late April, now early May. And I want to say we're hoping that I don't, I hate to catch a falling knife, but hoping we're at rock bottom as we tread water until the all-star break and then maybe can climb back up again. That's the hope. But I think we're already down our cratering to where everything has lost 20% and movability. I saw shameless plug for Max's minute, which I am going to next ask you about, so don't interrupt me here. But you, I saw the Julio Rodriguez Gatorade Bath SP that you at one point on the podcast were quoted saying is the easiest $200 that you can, the most solid $200 out there. Saw you selling one for $175 on Twitter. Um, but Max, real quick, before you refute that argue, that little point there, 
Uh, can you tell everyone what you did on Twitter the other day? Uh, I feel like that was pretty cool and something that you haven't done in a while. Sure. I brainstormed this idea several months back, and I want to keep going at it. Uh, essentially, you know, you know me. I do a lot of both from one dollar to a thousand dollar and and higher than that levels nominations cards and the cards that i kind of try to give the most press to are the higher end ones because they're more financial leverage in them and i gotta move them quicker and but if you would know if you would judge me based off my tweets and not by my actions uh you would not see that i do lower end really at all and sometimes all you need is a few eyeballs in order to sell anything and i like to think that i have good cardboard taste so as a amateur to veteran card seller I'm like, okay, how do I show off my lower end without just being poverty? And my takeaway from that was, what if I just like, I know if you're watching a sale and just in general, my perspective was like, okay, when's the next card going to post? I don't want to wait five minutes. I don't want for to wait and the, take the picture and comp the card. And I'm like, okay, what if, you know, just take a huge bomb rep, something that I don't do. And it's like, man, what if we just like scheduled all of them? in advance and just made it so that one card drops every minute or a post with four cards drops every minute and of course trying to be as fair as possible and i'm like okay that way like anyone who wants like all that can just like get that like neurotransmitter rush of seeing all relatively cool cards coolest card that i thought from that sale that i posted was a tony singrani auto red out of five second year for 10 bucks I saw oh. a, like random ass printing plate you were selling for like yeah, five. Yeah, a printing plate, one of one for 20 bucks. Still available, by the way. And I'm like, because no one likes the super boring cards that are like, oh, you know, Dustin Poirier, pink ice parallel for $15. It's like, yeah, that doesn't, that's kind of cool, but like, that's not really. Or like Minnesota Twins, green ice for three bucks. I'm like, okay, that is a little cool. Three nice for three bucks. That's not that bad. A one out of like 300 pack hit for three bucks. That's a little cool. And I'm like, okay, well, in isolation, putting the cards, they don't really get much eyes. If I just truncate it all in like half an hour or an hour, I don't know if I have another hour in me just because that took like an hour to schedule. That was a lot to schedule. And I'm like, uh, half an hour and I'm like, shit, am I just finding cards to bullshit? But I deal with a lot of bulk. It's going to be my way of getting more eyes to the lower end ebay cards and also the cards that people i think find cool and have a little bit of a structured sale and my goal is either once every sunday or once every two sundays just to make sure that i don't get stale and i'm just repeating the same inventory and etc but that's how the genesis of the max's minute occurred nice well we i know that we talked a little bit with mitch just kind of a little bit about um like the activity on Twitter and other social media right now with sales, um, a lot more sellers than there are buyers. But I also think that like part of selling on social media, and this is something, you know, it's not like some, something we haven't talked about before necessarily, but um, I think has evolved over time and is worth like continuing to bring up, which is like how to sell on social media is kind of an art more so than even eBay or anything else. And we've talked about eBay listings and stuff like that, but you really have to get, get hype i think you know having some sort of name for your sale or like a lot of leeway let or uh, like headway on like when the sale is going to happen is important and the consistency i know i got addicted to buying cards from not addicted but like i started buying cards off stack sales where 
I was like refreshing the timeline all the time, trying to be the first one. And there's a lot more competition back then in 2020 and whatever. But um, I'm interested, Max, to hear kind of what the results of the sale were. Um, like what, how, were you surprised by the amount of buyers, disappointed by the amount of buyers? Would I know you said you want to do it again. So it seems like it was a success. Uh, it was a mixed bag. I want to say I had like 100 to $150 worth of sales, which on one standpoint really isn't that much. But with the perspective of these were cards that were listed and not selling and not really moving, I view that with a more positive framework, especially given that that was the first sale. Again, I had that. It's a really cool piece, the, in my opinion. And I don't need to hype it up because I already sold it. So I'm not, I'm not just casting it up. I think it's a really cool card. I don't think I only made like five, you know, two to five dollars on it. The Tony Singarani, Tommy, you're, you're muted. No, sorry. Okay. I was just going to ask you what the card was. Yeah, no, the Tony Singrani 2014 Tops Tribute, or was it Triple Threads of Tribute? I get the T brands mixed up. Uh, Red Auto out of five. And I'm like, that's a card that's like, it's going to. And a, a collector in Ohio, it's red out of five. I mean, for 10 bucks, like part of that is just like you wouldn't find out on eBay unless you're specifically finding Tony Singrani, you know, our, our Italian friend and uh, and card subject. But I would just going to say, and then I'm going to say these two things, and then I'm going to go on the Julio real quick, and I'm going to then give you my co host, the mic, that eBay and Twitter are both a selling art. The differentiator is that I want to be the neurotransmitter rush. It just lets you get unlimited, you know, feed dopamine from seeing lower end or sometimes higher end cards in your feed for a short hour. And I have fun and then everyone else has fun and whatever. eBay, the art is entirely pictures, titling, and being smart. I had a, I showed it off last night. I had a Jason Tatum PSA 10 Prism sale. Silver Prism sale from 2017, his rookie, and I sold it for $1,150. There was a listing present for $1,140 or best offer that was, is still currently active with 11 watchers. And the previous sales were all $800 to $100, all on relatively low auctions, excuse me, $800 to $1,000, but the highest being about, about $1,000. And I beat out the lowest listed sale. That was OBO as well, due to having a really nice picture, being at 2% promoted listings, and just knowing ball. And I think that is an art in of itself. Um, the joke's on me because I was valuing that at like 1075 valuation when I got it in the trade. I got it was a it was the Shohei Otani Bowman Chrome Auto that, that was like the six thousand dollar card or whatever, and the Jason Tatum PSA 10 Prism. I, so I was into that Jason Tatum for like $600, $635 or whatever. And I'm going to net about $875 or so, I think, after fees or maybe $975, something like that. So that makes more sense, $975. And also I'm going to profit like $300 to $350 off of that 6K deal. So it's good to finally have that closed. But point being, eBay is an art as well. Last quick little thing I'm going to talk about, the Julio Rodriguez Gatorade bath. That is the most rock-hard consistent card in value that I have seen in such a long time, simply because the card fucks. PSA 10s have gone down a little bit. PSA 10s started at like 600 and are now at like 350 to 400 right now. 
but the Gatorade baths in general have done like 200 to 235 on release. Actually, they were like 215 to 250 on release back in like October of 2022. And now they're in like the, the 160 to 200 range. So when you're looking at like that, a really high borderline iconic card, I guess no one cares about it but me, but I think it's a really aesthetic, good looking card has dropped like 20 bucks since release. Dude, that's like the most rock solid consistency in cardboard that I have ever seen. I cracked a gunner. Get the gunner fuck Henderson. out of here, dude. Get the what fuck you, out of here with that. I cracked a Gunnar Henderson Bowman Chrome Auto at the Burbank show. Shout out certified cards. My favorite person ever, my bunk bed roomie, who also does a really good job prepping cards. I bought a PSA 9 at Burbank card show for 300 bucks. I cracked it, prepped it, got a PSA 10 on it, and the card, Gunnar Henderson first Bowman Chrome in a 10, is now worth about 275 to $300. That is volatility. That is That card went. I am going to lose money even though I upgraded that card from a 9 to a 10 in two months. That is not the Julio Rodriguez Gatorade bath, SB. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it because you Who made a lot of strong I statements am. there. You, you, what do you say? Sorry. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> that is a card. Volatility. That's do you a card have that? I wish. It's kind of cool. So a, have you talked about the at all? We have not talked about the P. Weber. So King Real Human Being, Brian Gray, released a Pete Weber uh, Leaf Inscriptions auto. Leaf has a lot of inscriptions autos that they do with famous celebrities and TikTok stars and other women who I totally am not down bad for. But including Pete Weber, professional bowler, who has the famous quote, who do you think you are? I am. I remember at the t- so it was priced on this site for, I want to say, $60. And I remember I knew about the drop at the time. I did some digging and I'm like, okay, his pack pulled autos are like 40 to 50 bucks. I don't think I really want to spend $60 on it, even though it is a cool piece. And then Tommy, you can do the rest. Yeah, yeah. I'll let, I'll do the little bit here. So obviously Brian Gray is Max's one of Max's uh favorite people in the hobby. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of controversy with him over the years in terms of, you know, I know originally he did like a Harambe card. They did the COVID-19 molecule card that got a lot of hate. And like, I think he tries to be edgy sometimes to a fault. Um, this idea is one of his best ideas. He got an inscription auto of Pete Weber saying, who do you think you are? I am the iconic video that I'm sure everyone has seen. And I know it's up to like 400 bucks max. Just give me a thumbs up if that's accurate. Um, when I checked last, it was like, uh, sorry, not thumbs upping, am interjecting. I want to say it was like 250 to 300, but I could be wrong. Okay. So that's an easy money. Oh, I actually have an amazing anecdote for you after this as well that I haven't, that you have no idea about, um, that I totally just remembered. And you just, this idea just brought it up back to me. So that's a cool one. You know, very rarely do leaf cards go up in value that much after, right after release like this. Um, I think that this is probably going to lead to a lot more of these inscriptions. I would not buy one at this price personally. I think they'll probably make a lot more of them at the, in the long run. Pete Weber is not someone I imagine is like sitting in his house. Totally fine. Like I'm sure he's down to like get paid to do more autographs and we'll do more of them. Uh, but Max real quick, this is crazy. I totally forgot about this and you're going to love it. So way back last year, I think this was like March, April of 2022. I was sitting in the Ludex headquarters and my coworker Matt comes up to me and he's like, Tommy, I know you love the weird political stuff. Check this out. On 
He's like, you know, I know you like the political stuff. This is a guy that I think you might, this is interesting to you. And he showed me Ron DeSantis, DeSantos, DeSantis, whatever, his website had a out of 500 card, Max, you can look this up on eBay while I'm talking about this. Out of 500, it has him. I think he played on Yale's baseball team or something. I don't know. It's him in a baseball jersey when he's in college. It's out of 500. Um, I think it was 40 bucks, 30. No, 40 bucks seems like a lot. I think it was like 30 bucks, 20 bucks on his website. Um, I'm pretty familiar with like the Bernie Sanders has like a Field of Dreams card from 2016. There's a history of campaign related cards. It's not a very long history, but it's one that exists. Um, me being someone who has talked about on this podcast before buying a Pete Buttigieg printing plate as a political prospecting play. Um, I saw this card and I go, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Like, let's buy one, uh, political prospecting. Who do you, who knows what the next presidential candidates are going to be? Um, so I got one of those cards. It's been sitting in my box in my closet for a year now and whatever. Uh, and Matt texted me the other day and he goes, Hey, Tommy, you should, uh, check eBay for recent sales of that card. And I was like, shit, cool. I'll check it out. And I checked eBay and it looks like some have sold. I did not check 130 point to see what they actually sold for. So these were best offers accepted, but the listing prices were pretty high. So Max, maybe you can, uh, I can figure this out too, but I think the recent sales are around $250 for this card. Um, out of 500 i'm looking at it now the only or maybe i'm just i'm looking at it right now i see the person with um 76 out of 500 is asking 1500 obo and he has three others available yeah he is in his yale uniform and i'm trying to see sales give me like three seconds i see lowest available right now is 450 obo and oh, I see. I got sales. I got sales. So and on for one, sales, I see three hundred dollars and one hundred fifty dollars for the last two sales. I see three sales. I see. I see one from April sixth. Yeah, that I think says, the April sixth is four hundred, and then the three hundred dollars yeah. sale just didn't happen because it was relisted, and then it's four hundred. Damn. So this card has whatever X'd itself here in uh, the last little bit. So I think with the new election cycle coming up. Uh, this is something to keep an eye on. This is a card that was, you know, as we talk about Max created kind of before this Ron Ron was going to be like potentially Trump's, you know, main competitor. I mean, if you were super into politics, you probably would have predicted that. But you can see that there might be some skin in the game. Here. Oh, no, sorry. I thought you were sliding at me. No, 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 no sliding. But um, that's my I actually had a fun anecdote. I came into this episode not thinking I had any fun anecdotes for you, Max, but of course one comes to me because of something you brought up. Every, every kiss begins with K, and you started this podcast off with a Jimmy Butler uh, opposing, enemy, opposing enemy territory player bad moment, and you made me tribalistically defend my ground. And that's yes. how this podcast was born. Um, real quick, Max, before I shut us down here, um, I'm kind of, this is a total change of topic, but I'm really surprised by the lack of volatility in the NBA market this postseason. I feel like it might be because there's not a clear favorite, but like, there's really no love being given to anyone who's popping off. Like, I guess Jimmy Butler, like people have seen this before and they're not like, he's not making a play to become the greatest of all time or anything. Like, 
I think whoever likes Jimmy Butler likes Jimmy Butler. No one really thinks wow. that there's. Are you, re- are you really saying this about Michael Jordan's son? <laughs> Timothy the, Butler. The crazy YouTube conspiracy videos. But no, what that it's. I don't like to speculate. No one was ever going to say this will definitely happen. This sale definitely happen. It's like the Justin Herbert, Luka Doncic effect where you can be the most talented player or be told that you're the most talented player in the world. But no one actually matters about the championships and the rings and everything like that. Tommy, non-sports analysis moment, but who do you think should have won MVP? Jokic. Jokic? Okay, I was Jokic as well. Jokic, you know, having the discussion for – he already has two MVPs, being in the discussion for a third, and his cards haven't gone up. His cards went up a little bit in December and January when people thought that he could win MVP, but – even with another top two MVP finish and his Nuggets right now, well, they were steamrolling the Phoenix Suns, but now they aren't. It's a 2-2 series as of recording, but not a sports analysis podcast. Durant cards aren't hot. Jokic cards aren't hot. Jordan Poole cards aren't hot. The true leader of the, of the dubs. LeBron cards aren't hot. Every No player's cards are hot. I don't know if that's an NBA thing. I don't know if that's a lot of international money leaving cards in general and therefore basketball is colder in quotes than football football you get the sheer what every week the generosity of oh good game for Tua his cards triple oh he's out with a concussion okay goodbye goodbye investment and yeah I think gambling has that immediate need and instant gratification and that is not there with basketball that coupled with a lot of money leaving cards and a lot of that money being already lost on basketball with most of them that being international money as well, that's how we get basketball to the world be colder. Yeah, and maybe this is the podcast, man. Yeah, we we can say whatever the fuck we want on here, and I don't know. I just I saw like when compared to like watching the NBA in the bubble when prices were wildly fluctuating game to game, it just is a little less exciting to not see these crazy sales of cards. I feel like there hasn't been like someone's cards go for crazy prices in a while and even if Jokic wins it's like would you rather have a Tim Duncan card or a Jokic card and I'm gonna be honest again as my bias Wake Forest alum status with Tim Duncan uh I kind of would rather have the Jokic card because Jokic is kind of nice with it dude he can pass so good yeah that's fair that's fair um not a sports analysis podcast but not a sports analysis just a love of cardboard podcast yeah, exactly. But I just wanted to throw that idea out there because that what was kind of sitting with me. Uh, yeah, real quick. I'm cutting us off at 35 minutes. Hard 35-minute cut this week. Um, I bought – here, I'll let you guess this price of what I got this for. Okay, I love I got this. 2015 Tops Series 2, card number 521. Nick Castellanos, legend. Gold Cup. Black parallel out of 64. What do you think I got this for? I'm using my noggin and I'm thinking for this. I'm going to say $15. $349 plus $1 shipping. Oh, that's disgusting. That's gross. So I'm hyped about that. That's coming in. That's coming in for the Gold Cup binder. What? How is the Gold Cup binder doing overall? Dude, unreal. Unreal. I'm hyped. Uh, I'm moving into my new place next week. So in terms of what I'll be thinking about in cards is displaying. And I'll probably talk about this next week or the week after, which is like figuring out cool ways of displaying cards 
that isn't overwhelming. I find a lot of the displays that I see online to be kind of a lot, like 50 cards in one display sort of things that all kind of look different. Like if I want to display cards in a way that other people find cool that aren't into cards, I need to find like a cool aesthetic way of doing it where like there's a theme and it looks visually appealing. It doesn't look like you just like did a, like a coloring book as a child and chosen random markers and random crayons to color in each square and you turn into like a crazy hodgepodge of whatever that's what i kind of see not to hate on anybody's display but like that's not really what i'm trying to go about vaulting cards is that i can't show them i can't enjoy it i can hold my thank you card in my hand i actually the other night i almost um i had my thank you i'm not joking i had my ty cobb red at my bedside and i went to like go grab my phone and i almost like pushed the slab off of the desk. I don't worry. I keep all my cards with respect and care. It's just something I love this card so much that I keep it very close. <laughs> and I I look at it before bed and I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky. It's like me with like a girlfriend. It's like, wow, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Except it's my Tycop Red Tolstoy PSA 1.5 that's creased in with poop stains. Just as beautiful um, as any girlfriend you could have, Max. I mean, I'm pretty handsome. I'm not going to lie. But that's that's going to be right. the second fight of the week. Um, cards that Do you I'm have buying. Any cards. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I hate saying this because it is the most underrated place to buy right now, especially for you know, or really only for vintage. But Heritage has weekly auctions. It's mostly it's mostly pre-war and fifties and sixties and that stuff. There's like no modern. Don't do it ever. But. I bought three Jackie. I'm uh, sorry. I bought two Jackie Robinsons and one Willie Mays that were pretty cool. I usually don't end up winning any of Heritage's weekly auctions and Heritage's catalog auction. If you don't know in the vintage world, Tommy, so most auction sites that are big have a monthly or have like a monthly auction to an extent, like the bigger ones too. And then once every three months, they'll have a catalog auction. And that's just like massive. That's like once every three months. And it's called catalog auction because they send a catalog to your house and then you get to see everything that's available. And so I won a 1959 PSA 6 Willie Mays and it is dead centered and it looks absolutely gorgeous and I'm in love with it. I'm not going to marry it though like I am my Tolstoy Cobb. I bought a 1956 PSA 4 Jackie Robinson that was just a little off-center, but I thought the color was really strong on it. And that, along with my 1953 Tops PSA 2 Jackie Robinson that I also bought last week, those are my first Jackies that are not rookies. I think all of them, all three of the cards I bought present phenomenally and beautifully. And I don't want to say I'm ready to go broke on this catalog auction. That ends in... I think two nights, which is pretty crazy in my eyes. And it's like quadruple, no, it had, it's 117 pages of 24 cards on a page. And it's almost all vintage. It's like the original stack sale. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the original stack sale. So, I mean, part of my logic with that is like, okay, well, if I'm the underbidder, then you can't ever overpay because there's always someone that's also willing to pay more. Um, yeah. I actually got in contact with the underbidder of my Toy Story, Ty Cobb. And he was like, yeah, it had tobacco stains. Otherwise, that's why I didn't want to push it stronger. And I'm like, okay, well, I love it. So, ooh. And he's still looking for a tool to Cobb. And it's like, my, the price of mine just got 10 feet higher. 
But those are some cool vintage cards I bought. I'm going to send them to TWCC Vault and try to get those stickers and just try to raise the market value more, even though it's a dumb concept. But it adds a spotlight onto the card that kind of makes it less of an arguing and negotiation point that something looks better for its grade, which I think genuinely has good value. There's rumors on the rumors of PWCC, which we didn't touch to, but I don't know how logistic those rumors are. And buy cardboard, live life, have fun. Yes, Max, we will see you after your trip next week in Dallas. The rumors that we are hearing is that PWCC might be broke, but we are questioning that rumor. And then we'll probably have an episode with Will in between, probably. We might have one. We'll see. Um, I'm moving next week, so we might have to just follow us on Twitter because that's where we'll get out. Sick invite for the the Vladex card show. Yeah. Shameless plug. Uh, yeah. Also, I grinded out a Wes Anderson inspired TikTok slash Instagram oh real video. It went so hard. It went so yeah. hard. Shout out my girlfriend Abby for helping me film that. Oh yeah, no, I I, I very much enjoy commenting, and uh, it's not shit posting; it's love posting. My comments, yeah. such as, uh, "Babe, please take a picture of me holding the hobby box like a phone." <laughs> Those are <laughs> selfies, Max. Those are selfies. Those are selfies, but you had some really good ones. The hands, I don't Thanks. want to spoil the video. The hand slap, so yeah, good. Yeah. All right. If you haven't seen that video, watch the TikTok. Watch the TikTok. Like Naomi in The Wolf of Wall Street. That's how ah, I'm you know, biting my, hand, my knuckles. That's how I feel uh, watching that TikTok. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we love you. Live, love, life, cardboard. <laughs>